Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing Mere Christianity... Not reviewing? What am I saying? <laughs> we're going to be talking about Mere Christianity Book 2 by C.S. Lewis. This book is entitled, What Christians Think. Yes, sir. Without further ado, what do Christians think, according to C.S. Lewis? Um, well, the first point that he brings up is that um, being Christian, the other religions, although they're uh, incorrect in your view... They contain at least some hint of truth, while um, if you compare that to atheism, that would be about as far gone as you can be from the truth because of the whole deal with morality and there would be no point in it existing if there was no God at all. I thought you were saying that we, as Christians, are able to say, yeah, there's a a lot of truth in other religions, whereas atheists have to say, no, there's the core yeah. tenets of this religion are false. I think that's what oh, right, he was yeah. getting at a little bit more. So he was saying that um, as an atheist, you would be inclined to believe that everything everyone else believes is entirely false. Yeah, there's no whereas, grace in saying, oh, they could have some hint of truth, but being a Christian, we can say yes. that the Muslims and Jews and Although mis- other religions directed misdirected or, and, yeah. in general, incorrect on, obviously, the critical doctrines, yeah. that they do contain some hint of um, truth. Yeah, yeah and, like God exists. Yeah, like, and that there is a moral law. Yeah, um, and C.S. Lewis well, directly kind of uses this as an opportunity to go into other religions. Uh, he mainly talks about pantheism and dualism, I think, there. Yep. Um, and his point on pantheism, which I would, you know, totally agree with, is that um, it describes God as reliant and dependent on nature, um, since it fuses the two together, right? And that, that seems God to... God cannot exist without nature. Yeah, and that seems to v- very heavily limit the power of God, um, if you do believe in pantheism, and that directly contrasts the Christian view of God, uh, which is that God is the artist and that nature is the art, right? Right. And the artist is not dependent on the art at all. The art could be, you know, produced, the art is produced by the artist, and the artist has the power whether or not the art exists or not. Right. Describes it as, like, the differences between different religions as... As in arithmetic, there's only one right answer, but some answers are closer than other answers. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he's still definitely defending that I am the way, the truth, and the life thing. Only Jesus is the solution, but some answers are closer than others. And he goes into depth. I think we talked about this before a bit in the last episode, but here he goes into more detail about the whole deal with um, people trying to answer um, why is the world, why has the world gone wrong, um, if yeah. there is a God or not, right? I think, yeah, yeah he talked about that at the end of book one. Yeah. That's kind of the whole of this book, really. Yeah, the simplest answer would be to say that there is no creator, and that is why everything is wrong. Um, however, the problem with that, that he points out, is that, um, you know, the situation we are in is very complicated, um, in terms of morality and how it contrasts with our own nature, and how the universe has so many evil elements and yet seems to have good elements too. And well, such a complex problem, it requires a complex solution. And yeah. to try to simplify it so much as to say, well, there's no point in anything, therefore that, that is what is happening, um, Lewis states that that simply isn't a good conclusion at all. Yeah. 
maybe we should backtrack a bit and clarify some things first. What exactly mm. we mean by evil and what's the relationship of God to evil? Right. So what what is evil? I think he actually does talk a lot in depth about that. Um, mm. Well, I guess we could start with what Lewis would say. I think what Lewis says about evil is that it is a perversion of the good. And right. so the good is the origin. The good comes before the evil. Good was, you know, first. And evil is whatever goes wrong against what has yeah. been said. Yeah. So um, goodness is a standard. Yes. Because not everything is good, which he addresses in his section about pantheism, which mm. they say everything is good. If you go at a high level, everything is good. But Lewis is saying, no, goodness is a standard, and badness is just going against the standard, so mm. reversing goodness. But, but you have to have goodness yes. first before you can have badness. Yes, yeah. he... Um, or evil. I think he talks about that in chapter 2 or 3. Yeah, and he sort of... he <clears throat> In the end of book 1, he melded... He, melded that idea with um, talking about the reason for atheism not having any real any real grounding in the fact that Basically. it's the simplest answer yeah. for the evil and the suffering in the world. And when he addresses the question of when people say, how can there be a God um, that is in charge, sovereign over everything when there's evil in the world? Atheists who take that line of reasoning with the problem of evil are saying that they're assuming... A- the whole set of Christian presuppositions about the problem of evil. Christianity's wrong. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> because they're, they're, they're saying that there's right and wrong. They're saying that there's justice and injustice. And then they're saying then they're saying that there's no God. Which seems a yes. very strange response to saying that there's justice and injustice and that there's right and wrong exactly. in yeah. the world. <clears throat> yeah, the really interesting thing, um the the question is posed, right? How is there a universe in which everything is pointless and meaningless, and yet us humans that exist in this universe and have only known this universe, according to atheists, know that it is in a situation where it is pointless and evil. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. To understand what pointlessness and evil is, you have to first understand what goodness and purpose is. If the universe was founded upon a basis which does not contain purpose or goodness, yeah. how has it suddenly, you know, yeah. come into being out of nowhere? And how do we humans understand it if that is the case, right? It yep. makes it would make no sense for us to make such a judgment unless we were given the knowledge or the power to discern that. Yeah, Because most atheists would deny that there is a standard of goodness. There's just a personal standard or a social standard, but not a universal standard. So if you don't have that standard then you don't really have badness and universal evil. So yeah. So the problem is that we have a bad world full of creatures that know it's bad, yeah. and atheists are just going to say... That makes no sense. Yeah. It's not is bad. Either they're going to say it's not bad, which is what I think the true atheist response is, or that God doesn't exist, but don't address how it's bad themselves. Right, But yeah. But C.S. Lewis says... The solution is that it was once good, and the human conscience remembers that it was good, but now it's bad. Mm. Which I think is a lot deeper of an understanding, and definitely correct. Yeah, and also the thing is, right, um, humans have a very... Morality isn't just this, you know, floaty thing. Humans have a very strong idea about it, and we have very strong reactions to it. Um, You know, if we see wrong being done... um, often we'll react quite strongly to it, right? 
And yep. so mm. for man to be in this position, a- according to the atheistic view, would not make any sense because if we've lived in this universe for, you know, so long and the state of the universe is, you know, a lot of evil and a lot of purposelessness, then we should have just gotten used to it by now. It should be the new norm. It should be the new natural. And yet it isn't. And we understand very clearly that it isn't normal. Yeah. And so that um, indicates that, you know, we're not just simply a product of this universe, but that we're a product of something other than the universe. Yeah. And that we can remember a time, not personally, but as a Mm. populace, we can remember a time when there was goodness. Uh, or yeah. goodness was the norm. And that sets us a standard now within what you would call our conscience. Yeah. And, and that's what defines our injustice and the evil yeah. we see because we know we have a sense of knowing what is and what was good. Maybe yeah. what is good, what was yeah. good makes it sound too personal. Yeah, and that but, is, you know, Lewis's main argument against yeah. atheism here. And yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense, actually. And I think that's what sets us apart from animals, uh, along with a lot of other things. But yeah. it's like, <laughs> like it's true. In fact, Lewis even compares dogs and cows. Dogs can do more bad things than cows. Yeah, but yeah, I still, I think, that. and like apes, I've watched some crazy videos of like apes mm. having battles. You should totally watch them. It's cool and also <laughs> grotesque at the same time. And like mur- <laughs> murdering each other. Uh-huh. But it seems like they know that's or it. That seems bad, but I don't think they have a concept of goodness, whereas humans have a concept of goodness. Yeah, if absolutely. If that makes sense. Say, hypothetically, you could ask an ape, what's goodness? I don't think they could tell you what goodness is, but they could tell you what badness is. Like, oh. When someone yeah. stole my food. Oh, Dying or starving. Okay, this is just an idea I came up with just now, but maybe it's a possibility. <laughs> um, but I think... When it comes to animals, their perception of what you could call goodness or badness would be entirely subjective, which is different from humans, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, It's like what Lewis said about um, the atheistic view that um, human morality comes from instinct or evolution. I think that is much less um, accurate to humans, but it is somewhat possibly accurate for animals is that some form of morality may occur to them, but it would only be from a subjective view. Whatever is good or bad for yeah, right. them would be morality yeah, so in like a sense. Right? Eating food is a moral good. Yeah, but, to them it but, would be. I mean, we're just, we don't know Again, about animal psychology. We're going to throw as many disclaimers as we can. We don't, <laughs> we're discussing it, guessing. But we believe that this may be true. <laughs> and and so therefore, may maybe, an accurate maybe an ape killing another ape it's good for the ape that kills the other ape, but it's bad for the ape that gets killed. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so there is goodness and badness, made but there's but no like universal kind of, sense. No. There's no universal standard with the sub- apes. It's subjective. <laughs> yeah. That's like what I said. It's not, yeah, like Caleb said, it's not a universal standard. It's not a third standard that you can weigh yeah. one option against the other. Uh, there's no scale. It's, it's just simply, it's just, it's simply it's whether it benefits. It's, it's selfishness. Yeah, what benefits yeah. you or not. If it's whether the action or deed is beneficial mm. to the given ape. Yeah, to the given ape. Anyway, we should move on. <laughs> yeah. Enough about apes. Okay. Um, okay, so what about relationship between God and evil? What do you mean by that? I guess I'm going to say that God defines good. So therefore, if evil is going against the standard of goodness, God's relationship to evil 
is when people go against him. I think later on, Lewis writes something very important. Uh, it is about dualism, but we can talk about this as well, which is, he, he said, but in real life, people are cruel for one of two reasons, either because they are sadists, that is, um, they have a sexual perversion, or um, it's for the sake of something that they're going to get out of it. And it's like a, it is a perversion in a sense. Um, I think what he's saying is that a lot of the time for man, mm. evil comes as a result of a great confusion in the pursuit of something perceived to be good, such as money, power, or status. Mm -hmm. um, but their intentions for doing so are incorrect, and the pursuit of those, they use methods that are incorrect that leads to evil. Yeah. So, um, I think what he's getting at here is that, first of all, our perception of morality can be very flawed and wrong and made personal and interfered mm. with. And that can lead to us thinking that us wanting to gain something is good, such as money or power, right? Mm -hmm. And and that also leads us to using methods which are not good. And so in the end, doing evil is a perversion of a misconception about what is good. Okay, yep. Um, Although it, there may not be all it might of it, extend of a little that, further than that. It's further yeah. than that. It won't not but that's, fully include, that's, that's included in it. I think yeah. that's actually a large part that's included in it. Can you um, say it again? What, no, the last bit you said. It's a perversion of so a misconception what, of what so is good. I think what Lewis is saying is that the doing of evil comes as a result of a confusion um, about the pursuit of something that you perceive to be good, such as yeah, power okay. or money or status. And also that when you pursue something you think is good, you end up using methods that aren't good, yeah, such right. as force yeah. or lying or deceit. I mean, like other things, still. right? Hitler thought that exterminating all yeah. the Jews was a good idea. Yeah. But when his reason he his reasons mm. for doing that and his ways of doing that were completely I think wrong. the very important thing to realise is that um, as much as we make out wickedness to seem to be something that we just do for the sake of it, wickedness actually has a lot of rationality to it in a okay. lot of cases, I think. Yep. I think that's what he's pointing out, and I think that's an important thing to realize. Mm -hmm. yep. um, people often do evil things for a reason. Whether it's a good reason or not yep. is a different case, but they do it for, for a reason. reason. Yeah, right? it's not just... Yeah. And it's not that's just also, for the sake of doing evil. Yeah, and that's also kind of the sad reality of sin is that we often do it thinking that it is good right mm. and that just well it's i think a predicament. i think uh, you are right but another huge part of it is that's not pride. the entirety of it i think pride that's is part of it i think maybe you're right but sometimes people the thing that they think is ultimately good is what's best for you which is wrong. yes so therefore it's that's you're right to to a point, but at the very base of what you're saying is that there's a problem with pride, where people are being proud yeah, well, and saying that that's a good thing. Yeah, where your where your misconception about what is good comes from is other things like pride, you know, and um, selfishness and which is pride. Other things. Honestly, I think all sin goes back to pride. Pride is the main thing you would say. Well, yeah. Well, um, if that's... you think if we go back to my definition of evil or God's relationship to evil, then mm. if God is the perfect standard of good, humans the base evil that humans can do is make a different 
God or make themselves God, which is selfishness. Right. So and that's the pride. Tension away from God and towards themselves. Yes. Yeah. It's so pride. If you think about pride as elevating yourself above someone else or something else, i.e., mm. God, yeah. then then the base sin, the basis of all sin, is pride. Yeah, and the problem with that is that since God created you and gave you everything. If you try to rise up against him, it literally makes no sense at all. Yeah. Well, Tower um, of Babel, you know, right? Yeah. Be like, yeah, attempting to separate yourself from God and say that you're above him when he's yeah. the one who created you. Yeah. That well, yeah, makes well, no exactly. sense, right? Um, I think we can just use this to directly go into dualism then, which mm. is um, what he talks about next in chapter two, the mm. invasion. Maybe, Caleb, do you want to define dualism? Yeah. So dualism... Lewis, I quote Lewis here, dualism means the belief that there are two equal and independent powers at the back of everything, one of them good and the other bad, and that the univ- this universe is the battlefield in which they fight it out in an endless war. And he said that he personally thinks that next Christianity, mm. dualism is the manliest and most sensible creed on the market, <laughs> even though it has a catch in it. I think that's actually a really interesting statement. <laughs> I, don't, quite and, interesting. I, I don't know. I disagree. Yeah, okay. I think William would disagree. Jew. I think I would... Yeah, I would like William disagree with the statement, but I think it has some credibility to it well, in the fact that yeah, so. the idea of good versus evil being a kind of prehistoric event that yeah. precedes think, humans yeah, actually yeah, yeah. is yeah. a correct idea yeah, right even though it has flaws right yeah. it is a correct idea and i think it comes back to that thing about arithmetic that he was talking about yeah. mm. that how there are some answers that are closer to yeah. the right answer but that are not the right answer yeah. and i yeah, think that's, that's what he's saying correct. is when he says it's the manliest and most sensible creed on the market that it would be um in arithmetic terms it'd be one of the closest yeah, answers yeah and the first issue with there being a good power and the other being a bad power is that are by equal, stating equal, that there is by stating that and stating that equal, you already come up with a contradiction saying that one is preferable over the other, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, I'll quote him here again. Now, if we mean merely that we happen to prefer the first, then we must give up talking about good and evil at all. For good means that you ought to prefer, quite regardless of what you happen to like at any given moment. If being good simply meant joining the side you happen to fancy for no real reason, then good. No- then good would not deserve to be called good. So we must mean that one of the two powers is actually wrong and the other right. So one of them has to be above the other. And that there's some law that, that governs those two powers yeah, in the definitely. sense that they are defined by something other than themselves that makes yeah. one good and one bad. And then that thing, of course, would be God. It would be a third, a higher God. It would be Another a third God. higher God governing yeah. them. Yeah, so. And that's the issue with that. So then it's not dualism, it's... Um, I feel like dualism is almost like Christianity, except you cut out Jesus and the Father, and then you've just got like yeah. the Archangel Michael, who's the head of the good right. angels, and Satan, who's the head of the bad angels, and they're just kind of <laughs> fighting it out. Because the, the because the way we perceive it is that you know God is the decider of good and evil. So if you take good and evil and try to single them out and make them a religion on their own. It doesn't really make sense because good and evil are only... They're dependent on a standard. Yeah, they're dependent on a standard. standard. They're dependent on a power that is issuing the ability to discern between good and evil, yeah. right? And going back to what you said, QQ, sort of linking the same idea that if you can have good and if you have this bad power, the only reason we know um, the idea of this 
bad power or evil is the sense mm. of um in relation to something good and that apart from sadism like you talked about almost every sense of evil that we know ultimately comes back to the attainment of something good yeah or the um, perversion well that, of the perception yeah, of attaining exactly something that's good, a very right? nice quote yeah. right there and so therefore the bad power is not ultimately bad if we're defining it by those terms the evil power is not necessarily evil because it can't be purely evil if it's striving after good things. Um, Maybe I'm taking that analogy. Too I know far. what Caleb means. I think that's sort of the sense what I get though when I read. Um, Lewis did this say that. Chapter. that okay. If I think if that's where have, he's trying to go. Okay, here's how it works in terms of what Lewis yeah. said. If if you have a good power, that good power would be completely in line with the higher power, right? It's good, so. It, adheres to the standard that the higher power set. Yeah. But if you have a bad power, that means it's strayed away from the higher power. It's, according to the higher power standard, it's incorrect. It's wrong. And that must mean that it is flawed, right? It is imperfect. And if it's flawed and imperfect, there's no telling if what it's doing in terms of wrongdoing is purely for the sake of wrongdoing or if it's in the pursuit of trying to attain something good or trying to attain yeah. a higher position. I think that's what Caleb meant. Yeah. I think, Kiki, I, much as I appreciate your aid, uh, evil as being the pervasion, uh, the pursuit of the, the perversion of the misconception of goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That, something like that. I think that if you ask someone, is putting yourself first good, they would say no. Mm. And yet, yeah. that seems to be what most people is at the root of what, that seems to be the good, the quote-unquote good that is at the base of a lot of evil so maybe there's a bit of a difference between like a natural good which is like selfishness putting what is naturally good for you and what is morally good maybe people it's, it's well a, my point is that the two are confused together right? okay people people because we're human and we are of this world right um we have a self-preservation about us that we yeah. do have to actually conform to in order to continue living. Yeah, that's what I'm and calling And that table. is confused with moral good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we okay. get the two confused yeah. together. So yeah. I think in the end we, we're kind of talking yeah. about the same yeah, yeah. thing there. Um, yeah, okay, and also, what I said, right, I don't think evil is simply just a perversion of what we think yeah. is good. I think there's other factors to it. Yeah. But what yeah. Lewis... I'm actually talking about what Lewis said here is that he brought up the point that he thinks that evil is simply a perversion of the moral good. Yeah, okay. Right. Just to finish up where we were at with the dualism, I think he sort of reconciles that idea of um, the loving badness for the sake of badness, where mm -hmm. he talks about how that in order to be bad, for this bad power to be bad, he must have yeah. good things to want and to pursue them in right, the wrong yeah, way. He and then therefore, that. since the bad power cannot be equal to the good power in mm. the sense that the good power strives for good because of the sake of goodness. Yeah, yeah. But the bad power is not an opposite to that. It actually strives for bad in the sake of good things. And so yeah. therefore that's not... But I'm not sure, again, I don't yeah, know he, if we can quite agree with that. And um, I think the logic, sense. the logic coming from that is that by naming one of them good and one of them bad, you automatically place the good above the bad. Yeah. yeah. And so if the good can... is perfect and doing things simply for the sake of doing good and that's a perfectly fine reason the bad thing cannot just do bad simply to do bad because that's not a good thing to but it do. only relies on the presupposition yeah 
that there's a third higher power yeah. governing them, but that's yeah. the only way that the way it well, is also that can be. Everything that he talks about is relying on the presupposition that badness is achieved, badness or evil is strived for and for the attainment of good things. Mm-hmm. And that that is the reason like it's a blanket truth that he's sort of stating stating. Yeah. And so then in that sense it's sort of if we disagree with that, then the argument sort of falls apart a little bit in that it's not a final well, thing. Mm. It's not necessarily a final rebuttal it, in that sense. It doesn't need to be a perversion of truth, but at least it needs to have truth because or goodness. It needs to have goodness present. Because yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what is the main point. But yes, anyway, but I actually think no matter what way you look at it, his argument doesn't fall apart here, in yeah, my opinion. It's um, even if because the the thing is, right? When the way humans, the way the moral law that we've been given is that doing good is above doing bad, right? It's yes. better. Yes. It's favorable. Yeah. Yep. And using that, when you define a dualistic two powers, one of them is good, one of them is bad, we are automatically putting one of them in a higher position than the other. And so, yep. if you, and so due to that, then you would say that the lower power is not the lower power is not equal to the higher. Yeah, yeah. And so therefore right. the argument that they're God equal. is dualistic doesn't make sense anymore yeah. because they're no longer equal. One of them is better than the other. Right. And so the other, what's the point of the other existing? There would be no point, right? Yeah. And so you cannot have dualism at that point. You would only be able to have monotheism with a description or a, an explanation for what evil is. And then at the end of that chapter, he just tags on this thing about how we're, how the earth is under the power of the devil. Yeah. And because he's said that it's close to Christianity in the sense that mm. Christianity does have good and evil fighting. It's just that the good is stronger than the evil. Significantly yeah, stronger. Yeah. So he says that the earth is under control of the devil and that yeah. God has penetrated that and this is present in a lot of his other writings it's a very strong theme is that and so he says when we go to church we're listening into a secret wireless that like Um, as in a war you know yeah um i'll just quickly quote him here on what william said christianity um agrees with dualism that this universe is at war but it does not think that this is a war between independent powers it thinks that it is a civil war or rebellion And that we are living in a part of the universe that is occupied by the rebel. Yeah. And so there's a clear distinction between dualism, which thinks that good and evil are equal and opposite. Yeah. Compared to Christianity, that thinks good is definitely above evil. Yeah. And it is a higher. It's a rebellion rather than a. Yeah. Well, definitely two different things. Um. So what do you guys think about, you know, the earth being, the devil's stronghold? Well, the devil is described as the usurper, right? And yeah. So the devil has he is the prince of taken this. over. He's described the as the prince of this world. Um. Yeah, I've got two Bible verses actually to support Lewis. Okay. Uh, one Corinthians four verse four. In their case, the God of this world has blinded yeah, the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel mm. glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And one John five nineteen. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So for me, thinking about this was a little different because okay. often we come, especially 
in a more reformed Protestant tradition, yeah. you kind of just dismiss the devil completely. And you don't even... Really? Yeah, yeah. You don't even... Not completely. Well, you try... You don't want to accredit him any power or any position, um, I guess. I think that makes Maybe. some semblance of sense because in the end, the devil's power is <laughs> from God, right? Yeah. God gives all power. If you really... At the um, end of the day. If you day. thought about it, you know, to the extent that you can, nobody and nothing has power other than God because God yeah. upholds everything. Yeah, exactly. And so I... That yeah, that makes sense why um you would think like in that way. But at um, the same time But the devil's still an important component to understanding yeah. what's gone wrong with humanity mm. because um Lewis said something later, he said that what devil has done to humanity is the devil has given humanity the ability to try and do things for itself and to try and place itself in a higher position than God because that's what the devil did. He tried mm. to be higher than God. Yeah. And that's important to realize is that a lot of what is wrong is that we're trying to make ourselves the creator. Yeah. I when thought I really, really liked how he reinforced the imagery of the earth being under the devil's control because hmm. it kind of makes the Christian acts more like going to church reading the bible praying doing good things and all of that jazz it makes it a lot more important because it's like this is kind of an urgent thing rather than oh yeah. god's in control we can just sit back and relax yeah. yeah um the whole thing where we go oh you know good god we can just relax um that's like a washed down watered down mm -hmm. view of christianity actually that i think is preached more than it should be yeah. yeah and it kind of takes away responsibility from us yeah, yeah, totally. and just says we can sit back and relax when that's not what we should do even though yes it's true god is in control and that god you know is able to act through us and in the end things aren't necessarily up to us we still have to do our part because we're you know yeah. we are of christ Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash young and orthodox podcast or on Instagram at instagram.com slash young and orthodox. All the different ways to contact us are listed in the description. If you have any feedback, questions or suggestions for topics to talk about, please contact us with them. It's really important to know how our audience is responding, um, and this is a growing experience, so we're eager to improve the quality of our conversations as time goes on. So once again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.